Hello there. This is Fantastic Noise. In this episode, we are taking a quick look at how successful YouTubers are moving to podcasting. Speaking with Maddie Moat from the lockdown YouTube success Let's Go Live, who now hosts the podcast Maddie's Sound Explorers. I'm Terry Lee. Thanks for your time, and as ever, thanks for your ears. Things sure have changed a lot in the world since the last episode of the podcast, and as a result, this latest batch of Fantastic Noise episodes will sound a little different too. Based on feedback and social distancing, I'll keep it simple. We'll hear from our expert, I'll give some brief observations afterwards, I'll share something I've listened to, and I will have the radio word of the week as well. This podcast is a celebration of radio and audio production, and there is a lot to celebrate. You've chosen to listen to this episode not, I suspect, to hear a university lecturer wittering on, but to hear from Maddie Moat. Maddie is a big deal in my household. My seven-year-old daughter Prim is a big fan of her CBeebies TV programme, Do You Know?, and also watched Let's Go Live on YouTube over the lockdown, a daily stream by Maddie and her fiancé Greg Foote aimed at kids' home learning that focused on loads of different topics from dinosaurs to bodies to theme parks to space. So when I heard Maddie was publishing a podcast titled Maddie's Sound Explorers, I was intrigued. Increasingly, YouTubers are creating content in audio form. I wondered if Maddie was jumping on a bandwagon or if she had a passion for podcasting. After one or two obligatory technical blips. Oh, hello. I think, uh, I think, Hi. I, oh, I, I got to speak with Maddie using Zoom. That's my fault. The Mac, for some reason, didn't like me connecting something into one socket. And, and there, oh, that's okay. she managed to squeeze in some time to speak with Fantastic Noise between planning and preparation meetings about her Let's Go Live YouTube program. I'm now about to go to a farm because tomorrow we're doing Let's Go Live. I started by asking Maddie to tell us about what listeners should expect from her Sound Explorers project. But first, a clip from the episode, How Do Bees Talk to Each Other? Maybe we should go a little deeper into the hive to see what those 70,000 bees are doing. So, come on, let's jump on a bee and make our way inside. Here we go! Each episode, we go on a journey to answer a question. So at the start of each episode, a child asks a question. And then we, or myself and with the help of an expert, go on a journey to find out the answer. But as we do that, we collect sounds. And those sounds often help us to explain uh, the answer to the question. Sometimes they're just really great sounds. We collect them along the way. And at the end of each podcast, once we have explored the question, answered it, and even gone a little bit further, uh, a lot of those sounds that we've collected, but also sound bites from both the expert and myself, are remixed into an original piece of music. So it sounds almost like some sort of uh, interesting sound art-based project with with expert views intertwined it is it is i think i mean sort of like if you just take it at face value at its simplest level it is just an interview really um with an expert who's helping me answer a question but we've just added i guess other levels to it which for me make it 
really podcasty or make it or for me it makes sense that this particular project has become a podcast and not just a YouTube video or a TV program I think the fact that we are very much going on a sound journey and we are then playing with those sounds makes it podcast appropriate were there any other podcasts that I guess inspired this? Like you're talking about it being podcast appropriate. Were there other podcasts you heard that maybe partly got you thinking that this could be podcasty? No. Well, so I, I mean, I very much had the idea of wanting to go on sort of sound journeys or sound safaris to answer questions. And it was actually the team who I've worked with to make this podcast, Magic Star, who had the idea of adding this sort of remix element at the end. Um, so that was that that was completely new to me, and it's it's you know it's unfamiliar. I haven't done anything like that before, so it's really nice. It's nice to do something that isn't isn't just what I do in another space. Uh, so I've I've enjoyed I guess that element of it. But in terms of whether I was inspired by the podcast, honestly, there aren't many podcasts out there for children. Like, mm. There are some, of course, but there aren't many. Um, so it wasn't like I had a backlog of podcasts that, you know, kids podcasts that I was wary of that I could have been inspired by. But I did know that whatever we did decide to do, it had to be different to the ones that were there. And there are science podcasts out there which answer questions with the help of experts. So we wanted to make it different. And adding this sound collection element was our way of doing that. So you've um, referred to your, your target audience of, of young people, five mm. to 10. But I guess mm. for you, you have to be generally able to get the guardian or parent to get yeah. them to play that audio for, for their children. Yeah. And I guess for, for you, I guess the educational element is key to make that an appealing prospect for parents as well as children. Yeah, knowing how to pitch the level of content, of educational content, is always a tricky one. I like to think of myself as making family content. Um, so whether that is on TV or whether that's on YouTube or now as a podcast, I like to sort of hope, well, I hope that things are multi-layered. So for someone, for our youngest of listeners, they hopefully will just enjoy it because they will enjoy listening out for certain sounds. And our slightly older listeners will enjoy the uh, the stretch content or the fact we're going on a journey that's taking the you know that child on a st- through a story and then the adults can enjoy it as well because they'll hopefully learn facts that they didn't know about so so i would say five to ten is fair i do think that this particular podcast probably pushes the upper range actually so if people know me from cbb's this definitely isn't just preschool content i would say it's very much for primary school as well in a little bit of my mum's voice busy bees and finally add in the most important part the bees so what should we call this requiem for a bee maybe it's just a bee mix get your waggle dance on Maddie, for somebody who's had a, a lot of success with television and, and YouTube, I believe I read that your, your channel on YouTube's had over 32 million views. So, so why is this new project an audio one? And, and are there advantages you found in working with audio? Well, I really wanted to do a podcast. Um, I really enjoy being in a recording studio. And I've had experience doing that as I've done sort of bits of voiceover for TV projects in the past. And I myself probably consume more podcasts than I do any other media so it just makes made sense for me to go into into this new platform this new media 
I didn't know going into it that I would end up making the entire podcast during lockdown. So despite loving that, you know, the whole being in a recording studio element, the podcast has actually been recorded entirely from my cupboard at home. (laughs) So um, it wasn't the experience I expected. And actually we had to make quite a lot of changes early on in a production process to make the podcast happen because all, all of our experts actually sort of became their own recording engineers. We had to send them microphones and they were all recording remotely. I was picking up my parts late, later in a cupboard and then all of the sound effects you know, in an ideal world I would have loved to have got out and about and to have collected some of that sound myself but we couldn't so a lot of it has you know become uh, you know what we can find online sound effects that that already exist. So it's definitely the production of it has definitely changed out of necessity. But you know what? I just think lockdown has been has really gone to show just how creative creative people can be. And I think we've done an amazing job considering considering uh, the situation. Have you done any radio or, or podcasting bits before? Well, um, with Do You Know on CBBS, um, Do You Know got turned into uh, a CBBS radio uh, series. So there are about sort of six or so, I believe, maybe a few more um, Do You Know radio episodes that you can listen to, which is sort of just episodes that we've done on television that have just been, I guess they've just been changed about a little bit to work for radio. And I really, really enjoyed that process. And way back when, before I started working in TV and with children, I actually uh, worked with Five Live. So I was their tech contributor. So being on the radio and talking about tech and science was something that I did too many years ago. I'm trying to think about how many years. It was probably about six, seven years ago now. Yeah. Um, but in a way, it's sort of where I started, really. So let's go live. For, for those who don't know, it was a big lockdown success. Um, it was, it's no surprise to me to see uh, that the episode about making poo was very popular. Another lockdown YouTube hero, Joe Wicks, has also launched an audio project recently. I'm thinking of other other YouTube uh, folk who have recently been on podcasts. I know Joe Suggs been making podcasts for Strictly Come Dancing. Jack Mates from Norfolk is another successful podcaster. I mean, your, your Sound Explorers project is very different to theirs, but it does yeah. lead to the question, it leads to the question, is podcasting an obvious progression for those make independent visual content I think so I think you know if you are a content creator I think if you're just focusing on one I mean there's arguments for both you can choose to just really really hone in on one platform or you can decide to sort of you know try a bit of absolutely everything but it's almost expected now I think in a way that you know if you're making videos uh, that you that you would have a podcast that would complement the videos and the content that you're making online so it's it's just another place really to put yourself online and i think as well it's it's good to think about your content supporting content mm. so i wouldn't i would it would be for me the podcast is an audio extension of what i do on television and what i do on um, youtube as well youtube probably more so because youtube is you know that's my baby sort of like i get to control the content there uh, i make a lot of videos with my fiance greg um so sound explorers for me, is an opportunity to grow my brand as a content creator away from the BBC, and that's and you know that's really important to have that independence as a creator as well, uh, rather than just you know having all your eggs in one basket. So, so the majority of your recent work, Maddie, is aimed at young people. Yeah. I guess 
you've talked about this a little bit already, but what sort of preparation do you do, if any, to speak to children aged, you know, younger ages, under 10 or, or around there? Did, did you always enjoy making educational content for kids? Because as you say, you were doing things on Five Live. That's very much not a child audience. No. So you, you came into the kids for some reason. Any idea how that happened? Well, when I was younger, I always loved the idea of being a children's television presenter. But actually, as it happened, my first sort of work as a presenter was very much creating science and tech content for grown-ups on both YouTube and then later on radio. Uh, so actually, it was CBeebies that came to me who had seen what I was doing, who they saw what I was doing online, and they thought, oh, would you consider doing children's content? And at that point, I sort of just thought that maybe I had moved past that and that it wasn't something that was going to be accessible to me anymore because I had been making grown-up content for such a long time. But I was completely wrong. But when I was first asked, I was, I guess, nervous about the fact that CBBS, the, the audience who watch CBBS, are so young. And I was nervous that because they're such a young audience and because of what people's preconceptions of a lot of children's TV is like, that I would have to be some sugary character that would be wearing a costume and would be in some sort of quite sterile set. When I found out it was science, I was worried they would put me in a lab coat, which is often <laughs> unnecessary. And they didn't. They actually heard me out and they were keen for me just to be me and to be out and about in the real world. And I actually think that around the time that I started making children's content, that was a real shift to sort of recognizing that children don't need to be spoke down to but actually they enjoy people being authentic and being real just as much as adults do so I guess when I approach children's content for me there's very little that is out of bounds especially in terms of education you've just got to work out how you need to simplify the language you use to explain it so that for me has been a huge learning curve and it's something now that I enjoy doing and I feel I'm good at, but is taking a complicated concept and boiling it right down to, you know, in, in its simplest form. But I don't think of myself as speaking to just children. I very much think of myself as speaking to little people and families and anyone who just is interested. Well, well, you certainly speak to families in our house because I've learned all sorts about how certain things <laughs> in, in certain factories are made with, um, with Do You Know? Uh, over the last couple of years. So I appreciate that. Maddie, thank you so much for your time. I've got one last question. Is there one thing you are enjoying listening to at the moment that you might recommend? It might be a podcast or a radio program, but if you were going to recommend one or two things. Um, Can I give you three? Yes, please. Okay, so first of all, I am going to, right, so we've mentioned Greg, he is my fiancé, and I am going to shout out a podcast he's involved with, not because, not just because he's my fiancé, I promise, but because it genuinely is good. And this is a podcast he's making with a microbiologist who lives in the States. Her name is Marin Hunsberger. It's called Surprisingly Brilliant. And each episode they take it in turns to tell the other person a story um about science really it's a history of science podcast uh, but whilst you listen to them tell the story you learn about science discoveries um inventions things that, that you know things that are surprisingly brilliant and i i've absolutely loved it there are episodes about uh, Mary Anning, who's a paleontologist. You learn her story. Uh, again, who else? Margaret Hamilton, who's a computer scientist, a huge hero of mine. Uh, there's a whole story about her. But what's nice, I mean, I've given two episodes away now, obviously, but what's nice is that one of the hosts genuinely doesn't know the story, so you learn with them. Uh, so that's great. 
Great. And then another thing I enjoy, again, I'm, I'm, I, I just like stories and I do lean towards stories that I guess are curiosity driven or have some sort of people or science element to them. But there's a YouTube channel called Great Big Story. It's a great YouTube channel. Uh, they make really wonderful short videos that are just beautifully produced um, and they have recently started making a podcast where they explore some of the stories I've previously made as videos in audio form um, and they're just really interesting they're completely random one episode might be about space the next episode might be about a couple who've decided to make a floating island in Canada and live on it it's but I just I, they have a real knack of finding unique curious stories and if we're being very honest what I listen to more than anything else our theme park podcasts <laughs> oh wow i'm a massive nerd when it comes to themed entertainment generally theme park entertainment is including all of the disney parks and there are an, there are a whole there's a whole world of podcasts out there dedicated to themed entertainment and disney parks not the films just the parks so, that so is that's my that's my weakness so i didn't even realize this was a strand of podcasting theme park okay. podcasting and it, yep. they they talk about the theme parks and, and like what's going on or the things oh, oh terry everything you know it might be sort of like trip reports how was your trip it might be you know just talking about generally what's going on in the news but you've got an awful lot of, just with disney you've got an awful lot of parks to talk about but i guess what i love really is and actually we did a whole week on let's go live all about theme parks because i genuinely do love them so much i love the idea of creating immersive learning experiences or immersive entertainment experiences for people and that really is what the best theme parks do they just really get theming and i enjoy the nitty-gritty detail of that and how that might translate into rides or restaurants or queue lines or whatever it is nerdy and it is niche but there you go that's what podcasting is all about though that's brilliant so that was Maddie Moat. I think there were a number of interesting takeaways from what she had to say. YouTubers and independent content creators are almost expected, says Maddie, to make podcasts to complement their other online content. Brand Maddie is ultimately supported by the podcast. Parents like me trust that content that includes Maddie will entertain their child and also contain educational elements. By having a podcast, Maddie has created content that Primrose and I listen to on demand whilst driving in my car. Previously, she was restricted to my TV screen or, or maybe even my mobile phone screen in a moment of weak parenting. But in the same way, people who have enjoyed the company of fitness instructor Joe Wicks over lockdown on YouTube may choose to listen to his new podcast series when they are having a walk or a bike ride. Independence for Maddie is key. Many will know Maddie from her BBC programme, Maddie's Do You Know for CBeebies, a little bit like How To was on CITV in the 90s, but for preschoolers. As great a platform as that has been for her work, she talks about not having all her eggs in one basket and refers to her YouTube channel as her baby. Because she can control the content on YouTube, this makes sense for shaping brand Maddie. 
the podcast itself is really well produced. It's a little bit like Radio Lab, the long-running podcast series from WNYC, but with much younger audiences in mind. It incorporates music, especially at the end of each episode, and that's effective and suitably different from other podcasts that are aimed at children. Uh, since Primrose has listened, she's memorised technical cloud names that I shan't try to repeat, and sung the Busy Bee song around the house. Uh, ultimately, this leads back to a point made in the family audio episode of Fantastic Noise that we made last year. Kids' content is so often aimed at whole families, uh, children enjoy the authenticity from their hosts, and ultimately it is possible to create an experience that parents can enjoy too. Finally, and reassuringly for me, speaking with Maddie helped me appreciate that she was a big audio consumer. She's not alone. Radar figures show that 89% of people listen to radio weekly in the UK. Ofcom statistics from last year say there are over 7 million regular podcast listeners and that figure is rapidly growing. Maddie Sound Explorers is produced by Magic Star and Fourth Floor Creative and is available now via all your major podcast apps. So in every episode of the podcast, I usually talk about something I've enjoyed listening to recently. In keeping with the television host does a podcast theme, I am going to plug Louis Theroux's podcast Grounded, made for BBC Sounds by Radio 4. Louis talks with a celebrity guest for an hour or so, a familiar podcast format. Anyone who has watched the Louis Theroux TV programme knows why this would work so well. Audio really highlights the personality of those in conversation. And if anything, this series gives listeners a great insight into Louis as much as his guests, who include Boy George, Miriam Margolias, and YouTuber-turned-boxer KSI. I particularly enjoyed the episodes featuring Lenny Henry and Helena Bonham Carter. In both interviews, you hear surprising stories, but you also hear Louis talking to these people who treat him as much of an A-lister as they are, which doesn't happen so often on his TV shows. A really good to listen to, thoroughly recommended. That's Grounded uh, with Louis Farouk. If you'd like to contact us here at Fantastic Noise, be it with audio you recommend, stories, suggestions for future podcasts, feedback or something else, find us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at A Fantastic Noise. You can also email us on fantasticnoise at beds.ac.uk. Before we go, let's get etymological. Radio and audio jargon is generally gobbledygook to those just starting out. I like to simplify these things. It's time for the Radio Word of the Week. Today it is multi-tracking. Essentially, this is a description of the process where two or more audio tracks are edited together to make a single sound file on a piece of audio editing software. Indeed, to make this podcast, I use multi-tracking. I generally have a track for the musical idents, a track for the pieces where I talk, like this piece, a track with the interview audio, and a track with other sounds that need adding. Sometimes you use more tracks, but there are certainly a number of audio files in each session. There are loads of things I advise and advise against when I teach students about multi-tracking, but the main thing is to experiment, practice, and create something. That's how I learned. So multi-tracking, if you hear it referred to in an audio context, is all about editing multiple sound files together, and that's my word of the week. That is it for this episode of Fantastic Noise. Thank you so much for joining us. There will be another episode next week. Do subscribe, give us a review and rating, and follow us on social media at A Fantastic Noise for future updates and previews. Thanks again to our guest today, Maddie Moat from Maddie's Sound Explorers. 
Our artwork was produced by Stu Elvin, that's Stu with a double O, and our theme music is by Liam Ayton, remixed by Daniel Potter. This podcast was produced by me for the University of Bedfordshire's radio team, part of the School of Culture and Communications, and recorded in my home rather than the studios of Radio Lab 97.1 FM. I'm Terry Lee, and this, I hope you'll agree, has been a fantastic noise. Thank you.